This is Jasper Reed, and this is Letter from India. In this week's show, I'm going to talk about why India matters. Now, that's in the context of a country which has about 8 million visitors a year. Now, if you compare that to Thailand, Thailand has 35 million visitors a year. Dubai, little old Dubai, has 45 million visitors a year. And that's before you get on to France and the US and the rest of it. And that seems a shame to me. And so this podcast is all about bigging up India and explaining why India really does matter. Point one, India is vast. It's, it's hard to overestimate how vast India is. Everybody knows the population is 1.4 billion people. But that's one-sixth of the world's population. We have, we have 445 million students here alone. Now, of course, the other side of the coin is that we have the richest and the poorest people on Earth. So if you add up the world's poorest people, 40%, a full 40% of them live in India, which isn't great. But, it, but in its simple terms, India is, is vast and, it, and it's hard to ignore. And of course, India is not really just India. The Indian diaspora has become wide and powerful all around the world. 38% of, of doctors in America are Indian. In, 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 the 19, in the late 1990s, the Indian diaspora in the USA surpassed the Jewish community as the richest ethnic group, non-white ethnic group in the United States, which is, which is an astonishing thing. So India is massive and, and India is everywhere. And of course, point two, India has been massive and everywhere for the longest time. It's a 4,000 world country, 4,000 year old country if you tie it back to you know ancient civilizations in the Indus Valley places like Varanasi are the oldest continually populated ancient cities on earth so this is a place that's been around for the longest time of course the reason people have always been interested in India is is it's on a huge east-west trade route so whether you were Marco Polo or the Mughal emperors out of Persia or the Chinese ambassadors coming west India's always been a fascinating place. And of course, unlike mainland China, which is mainly uh, inward-looking, very Han-nation related, Indians have always been outward-looking. It's a country of traders. And famously, Indians have traded all over the world. Now, the Chinese are catching up and how. But India has always been um, a place that people come and go. It's It's at a crossroads. So it's vast, it's ancient, people move around. On to the next point, of course, which is about the currency of India today. And that's a good word because it's all about, you know, what's current. What's current in India is that India is on the crest, is, on the, is, is, is at the beginning, basically, of a, a, of a next super cycle in the world. So if you look at when the British came to India, whatever that was, 300-something years ago, India had the highest GDP on Earth. Imagine that. The, the area then defined as India had the highest GDP on Earth. And for, if you look at the last 2,000 years, for 1,700, 1,700 of those 2,000 years, India has had the highest GDP on Earth. Of course, the British famously, basically, um, you have to choose your language here, effectively plundered the country and, and sucked out its resources and its cash for, for its own betterment and for the building of the British Empire. Anyway, that's as maybe. <clears throat> India is, though, coming back. And the reason, of course, it's coming back is, is a couple of things, really. One is youth. 
again, it is hard to overstate how young this country is. I mean, the average, the average age in, in, in Europe is 46 years, in, in Japan it's 47, in the US it's about 40. In India it's 29. 29. We have almost 900 million people under the age of 30, 31. So it's a youth quake, it's a sensationally young place. And of course it's young um, during a, an unparalleled technology revolution. So, you know, really with no enormous effort, well, I wouldn't say no enormous effort, but um, there's all upside ahead. But, you know, there's now 290 million Facebook users um, in India. Of course, China's locked out for Facebook, but there's only 190 million Facebook users in the US. You know, if you look at Geo, which is a, a Reliance Industries, uh, Reliance is India's biggest company, as many people will know, that's the mobile carrier. They are, they are adding 4.6 million, 4.6 million subscribers per month and have put on, in under five years, have put on 400 million subscribers. We've got more smartphones than anywhere else. So when you combine this youth with, with basically massive technological disruption, what you're seeing is, is um, basically a surge in the economy. And of course, the economy is growing famously again between the rate of about 5 to 10% a year. And despite the many um, frustrating things that frustrate growth in India, um, and that's a long laundry list of items I can cover in other shows, India has one way or another legged it up to having the, the, the seventh largest GDP on earth. And in purchasing power parity terms, that's the third largest in terms of what your money actually buys on the ground. So look at the, you know, the enormous upside to that. So, you know, it's vast, it's ancient, it's everywhere, it's always been everywhere. And today, you know, in 2020, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly young. And of course, China's ageing, places like Japan are very old already. Uh, the birth rates in places like Europe are, are relatively low. So this advantage will start to, to, really, to really tell. And if you believe all of the theories, by 2050, the Indian economy is larger than the Chinese economy. I mean, look at that. Think about that. That's 29 years' time. That's, that's one generation. Now, you can believe it or not believe it. You can add another 20 years to it. But demographics is, is power, um, and size is power. So w w what else... What else is going on with India? Of course, all of this translates into huge geopolitical heft. I mean, effectively at the moment, India is in the middle of a great game between the superpowers, um, the USA, China, um, the European Union combined, Russia, uh, and now increasing India. And of course, in the same way a great game played out you know, over 100 years ago, it's now playing out too. This is the reason why annually on Republic Day, where there's a famous parade in New Delhi, world leaders jostle to come here. Obama's been here, Putin's been here. So India in that sense is, is very hard to ignore. The UK, the EU, everyone wants to strike trade deals here. China's wondering about where India will end up. Will it be non-aligned? Will it be part of an American access? So, all of the things that I've mentioned before go into making in India very, very interesting on the geopolitical front. 
Where I really want to end up, though, and this is a, a, a set of kind of personal reflections, really, is that because of all the things that India is, its size, its diversity, the huge spread between rich and poor, the complexity of managing the country across 26 states, what you end up really is is with a place that is 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 a place that's tremendously wild and tremendously free. Now, the older I get, the more I value that because I see Western economies as becoming increasingly hidebound by their rules. It's the sort of it's the result of of wealth, of, of complacency, more and more rules, more and more bureaucrats, more and more obedience. India is effectively, and like it or not, it is dog eat dog. It is get ahead. It is primal. It is a fantastic place if you want to come and test yourself against the world's best. And God knows, because of the size of the country and the fact that the hunger is there and the youth is there, there is no better testing ground, you know, whatever your discipline might be. There's also with that, and this is all part of getting on in life, there's a lack of piety. There's a respect for each other. Despite the fact it's very, very competitive, it's extraordinary, extraordinary how well people actually get on in India, which is frankly a pleasure to be around. And there's another thing going on here, because for all the technology, this is a very humanist place versus a kind of data-ist place. You still transact in relationships in cups of tea. And all of that really adds up to something about adaptability. And as the world's changing, and as, as we all know, and I did a whole TED talk on this, adaptability will become the key, key currency, I believe, in the modern age. And I want to end by saying that I have never seen so many adaptable people in one place in my entire life. life. So all hail to those adaptable people, billions and billions of them, if you add it up all around the world and you, and you take back over history. So come to India, it's time is now, it matters, it matters a lot.